get ready to start taking notes. You are now in a masterclass. This is Revelations of an Entrepreneur with Junior Oganyemi. What's happening, ladies and gentlemen? This is Revelations of an Entrepreneur. And in today's episode, I'm going to be talking about how you can defeat procrastination. Yes, that big monster that robs your time and gets you doing useless stuff. I'm going to show you step by step how I break it down and how I start to play with my mind to actually help me overcome procrastination. So let's get straight into this Revelations of an Entrepreneur. Okay, so procrastination is the biggest thief. It's the biggest time thief. It will rob you of your destiny or rob you of your goals or rob you of your dreams. I'm sure we all know procrastination very, very well. For those who don't know procrastination, procrastination just basically means putting off something that you know you should be doing you know, in favor of doing something that you prefer to do. That's basically it. So you, you put off something that you know you should be doing, the right thing, just to do something that you prefer to do. Now, we've all been there. We've all procrastinated in some point or another in our lives. <laughs> some of you actually procrastinate really, really well. I mean, you know this topic too good. You guys, you, you put the pro in procrastination, you know. <laughs> Some of you guys, if I was to look in the dictionary and look for the word procrastination, I'll see a picture of you, bang, right next to the word procrastination because uh, you you know procrastination really well. Okay, we all do it. Now, let me give you some of the subtle forms of procrastination that some of you might feel, oh, I don't really procrastinate, but I'll show you that you actually do. So sometimes it's not just actually, you know, going out to do a bad thing like, oh, I'm sitting here playing video games and I'm supposed to be uh, writing that business plan. That's not the only form of procrastination. Sometimes you can actually procrastinate by doing a good thing, but not the right thing. All right. There's a big difference between doing a good thing, but not the right thing. So, for example, I don't know, let's say if you've got a, a deadline to meet. You know you're supposed to be meeting that deadline, but then you, you tidy your desk, you get everything ready. So you get all your books there ready. Right, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to actually start to meet this deadline. Now I'm going to start to work on this project. And then you think, oh, my gosh, my room's a bit messy. I know. Now would be a good time for me to actually be an angel and just tidy my room. Da, 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 da. You don't really want to tidy your room. You know you don't want to tidy your room. You just want to get away from the task that you should be doing. Because now tidying your room is something that you would prefer to do. You'd never wanted to tidy your room for the past week. All of a sudden, now it's time to work. You want to tidy your room. So this is a, a typical form of, of procrastination. Other forms, you know, it might just be, oh, and I'm treating myself, you know, I've had a hard week. I need to just sort of relax. I need to unwind. So, you know, I've got nothing wrong with unwinding. I've got nothing wrong with treating yourself. I'm, I'm a huge advocate for that. I think everybody should reward themselves, especially for the hard work that they put in. But again, the principle is you're putting off what you know you should do to do something that you prefer to do. So you might say, all right, I should treat myself. So you say, I'm going to watch one episode of my favorite Netflix show. Yeah, go ahead. You watch that one episode and you get to the end of the episode and it's almost like, oh my gosh, I can't believe he came back from the dead. Let me just watch one more. Just just one more. Just one. So all of a sudden now you've pushed back that project or you've pushed back that phone call that you're supposed to make. Or you've pushed back that book that you're supposed to read just to watch one more episode. And then you get to the end of that episode and there's another cliffhanger and you're like, oh, I've got to see what happens next. And then after 10 hours, you realize that you've wasted your whole day and you've seen the whole series in one go. This is procrastination. So once you start to actually get into this little weak mindset of, oh, I need to treat myself. Oh, I've been working on. Just know that you're making you're making brilliant room for procrastination. You're going back to that same habit of doing what you prefer to do instead of doing what you should do. Uh, like I said, I'm no stranger to this. I'm not a saint. I'm, I'm guilty of it myself. I binge watch loads of nonsense on Netflix. Sometimes I spend too long doing certain projects that are fun projects. 
rather than doing the important projects, you know, projects where there's deadlines, projects where other people are counting on me. I'm supposed to be working on those projects, but hey, do you know, I'd rather do the fun things. So I'm, I'm no stranger of it. But what I have learned, I've learned certain ways of outsmarting myself because, you know, you can be very, very clever and that you try to trick yourself into doing the procrastination activity. So there's the very first thing. The very first thing I want you guys to do, I want you to actually think about the three things that you typically do when you want to procrastinate because these are your three demons. You know, the, the top three things that you go to when you are when it's time to procrastinate. Just think about the last time you procrastinated, you did one of three things. It's usually the top three things. Maybe you went to eat. Maybe for some of you, you said, oh, I'm going to get some good night's sleep today. No, you're just procrastinating. You don't really want to get some good night's sleep. You just want to avoid that task. Or maybe you watch TV or maybe it's social media for you. You know, when it's time to sort of just unwind or or procrastinate, you go to social media. Maybe some of you, you go out socializing. Maybe some of you, you might, I don't know. I don't know what it is for you, right? We have maybe some of you, it's video games. There's different forms of procrastination, but we all have our top three favorite things. And the reason I want you to identify, I actually want you to write it down. I want you to identify these three things because these are the three things that are going to stand in the way of you achieving your goal. These are the three things that's going to stand in the way of you becoming the successful version of yourself that you know you could be. Until you start to understand that these are the three triggers, right? Once you know that these are the three triggers, then you can start to do is, right, I can actually put things in place to prevent me from going to these triggers. So for example, there was a time when, you know, I was working on a, on a huge project and every time I'm working on a project, I realized that, hang on, I keep going back to, to Facebook and I'm not doing anything productive on Facebook. Nothing's related to the product. I'm probably just sitting there arguing with people on social media. You know, just sitting there in little debates. I'm, I'm spending so much time and, and energy and attention on Facebook when I was supposed to be working on this project. Now, the project lasts me a couple of months, but I thought, you know, little six minutes or seven minutes on, on Facebook isn't going to harm. But it adds up. And it, what happens? It, it builds into a habit. So I'm doing six minutes every single hour. If I do that for 10 hours, that's a whole hour wasted. And I'm doing that not just one day. I'm doing it every single day. This little six minute intervals to jump in, play on social media, and then I go back out in another hour and back on there again. But if I'm doing one hour a day, that's adding up to seven hours a, a week. And that, and that just keeps adding up and adding up. So over a six month project, I've now spent days, I've wasted vital days on uselessness. So once I identified that, you know, maybe going on social media was my trigger, what did I do? I gave my password to someone that I trust and I said, hey, take my password. I don't need to actually log on here. You know, someone else can tweet for me. Someone else can post up pictures for me. I don't really need to. Someone else can go and like everyone else's pictures. I, I don't really need to be involved like that. All right. Which means now that the I knew what my triggers were and I removed myself from those triggers. Uh, and I said to the person, listen, do not give me my password until I finish this project. That's going to be my little reward. So I'm going to reward myself. But it doesn't matter what I do or what I say. Never, ever give me my password until I finish this project. So even if I beat you up, even if I bribe you, even if I beg you, there's nothing I can do to make you give me my password until I finish this project. And that's how I sort of stayed off social media for a very long time. Did people miss me? No. Did I miss social media? Probably for the first two or three days I had like withdrawal symptoms, but then you get back into reality. You, you get back stuck into your project. And that's how I was able to complete certain projects by identifying my triggers and removing myself from them. So that's the very, very first thing I want you guys to do. I want you guys to actually write down your three triggers, the, the top three things that you typically do when you go to procrastinate. Remember, some of these things can actually be good things. Like, you know, you go and read a book. Yeah, you know, that's very good, but it's not, is it the right thing? There's a big difference. I remember I was talking to one of my friends in, in a Bible study and he was talking about how, oh yeah, I go off and pray and I realized in that 
he always goes after and pray when it's like time to do something that he's been told to do. And he was using prayer as such a good thing. Oh, I want to connect with the Lord. Yeah, right. You just want to get away from that, that activity that you know you should be doing. Because if prayer was that important to you, it wouldn't just be a sporadic thing. You'd actually factor that into your day. But whenever there's a there's an important activity, now you want to all of a sudden be holy and righteous. So it doesn't matter how good the thing is. It's about, all right, is this the right thing at the right time? Am I doing what I'm supposed to be doing? Am I doing what I'm called to be doing? Am I doing what I promised that I would do? Because procrastination will start to eat at your character. If you're making promises and you're breaking it, it will start to eat away at your character. You might think like, oh, do you know what? These promises I'm making, it's not to anybody else. It's just to myself. So it's okay to break it. No, it's not okay to break it. Because look, you have two things. You have your reputation and you have your character. Reputation is who people think you are. Character is who you actually are. Your character is actually more important than your reputation. You're not, the reason you want to overcome procrastination isn't to impress other people. It's because it eats at your character. At the end of the day, your character is all that you have. So you have to actually have the understanding and the passion to want to defeat procrastination, not for anybody else, but for your own sake. Because character is what actually keeps you in the door. Your reputation will open the doors for you, but characters will actually, your character will keep you in the door. And if you know that you don't have the character to fulfill your promises because you always end up procrastinating, you need to do something about it. You honestly need to do something about it. And the first step is identifying your triggers. Once you identify your triggers, then put practical measures in place for you to actually remove these triggers from you. So whether you put your phone on airplane mode or whether you block certain people who you know that always post up stuff that you you love, but it's just not right now. Not, now's not the time. Now, you might need to actually just sort of change your office. You might need to completely revamp your whole environment just so that when you are in that work environment, it's very, very productive. If you're in a work environment and you're sitting next to your favorite chatterbox friend, that's not a work environment. That ceases to be a work environment because now your chatterbox friend is just there to tell you about the last episode of EastEnders and it's going to happen every single day. You know it. So a whole hour's worth of work now turns into half an hour because you spent the first half an hour socializing. So there, there are some practical things that you can do. Again, in that, in that scenario, in that environment, I actually remove myself from any social office environment because I know, I know personally I'm more productive when I'm not around other people. And if you do need to get hold of me, you can text me or call me. So certain people have permission to text me and call me at any point in time because we're probably working on the same project at the same time anyway. So I don't mind responding to you, but I don't need you in my same space because we're just going to end up drifting. Not everybody's like that, but I do know the chatterbox in my environment. They're good people. They're amazing people. They're lovely people, but they are not supposed to be in my work environment. They're supposed to be be in my social environment. That's my play environment. That's what they're there for. All right. So identify these triggers, identify these people, identify the things that eat your time away and start to put safety measures in place to protect your time because your time is the only thing that you're going to have. So once you've identified your triggers and you've identified all the things that start to eat your time away, now you get to the task and you still don't want to do the task. Honestly, you see the task and it's just like, oh, I can't even go to, to social media because I've, I've changed my password. I can't even go to chat to my best friend because they're not around anymore. I've removed myself. But I still don't want to do this activity. And I, now I'm going to try to go down my list of other things that I do when I want to procrastinate. This is how the brain works. It's trying to uh, run to pleasure and avoid pain. So I have these four questions that I always ask myself before I start any activity. Before I start any major activity, I have these four questions I always ask myself. So these are the four questions. Now that I'm in a safe environment, there's no procrastination triggers that are around. The first question I always ask myself is, see this task I'm about to do? What is great about this task? And I write that down. What is great about this task that I'm about to commit my time towards doing? What's so amazing about it? How is it going to change my life? 
what would I achieve? So maybe the task is reading a book. Maybe the task is completing a project. Maybe the task is jumping on a phone call with one of your mentors. Maybe the task is sending in an application form. Maybe the task is doing a coursework assignment. Whatever the task is, what is great about this? How is this going to change your life? What are you going to learn? How are you going to grow? How are you going to improve? How is it going to move you one step, two steps, 10 steps closer towards your goal if you just got this task out the way right here, right now? And then I write that down. That's my first step, understanding, right, what's great about this task. And now my brain isn't looking at this task as, oh my gosh, this is this big hairy monster that I want to run away from. Now my brain isn't looking at this task like, oh my gosh, this is a, a big hairy monster that I want to get away from. Now my brain's looking at this task as if something like, oh, this is something desirable. Let's explore this because, you know, this is who you could become. And, and now my brain is actually being drawn towards this task or this activity or whatever it is I've been putting off. So the second question, the second question is, what do I and others stand to gain if I complete this task? So you ask yourself, what do I and others stand to gain? So now you're not just thinking about what's great about this task and how it's going to change the world or how it's going to change your world. You're also thinking about how it's going to help other people, especially those closer to you. So if I was to go and actually sit down and watch this two hour video course on, I don't know how to code, what do I and others stand to gain from this? Maybe I can actually help my mum code that idea that she's always had, but she's got no technical background. Maybe if I learned this skill, it's going to actually change the life of my family because now I can charge people for this skill. Maybe if I actually sat down and watched this two-hour video on how to code and I learned this skill, it's going to open up more job opportunities or it's going to make me more employable, which means I'm going to be actually be able to provide more opportunities for other people. I'm going to be able to be able to help my family. What do I and others stand to gain? Others is the key part because once you start to make your goal about other people, you tend to go beyond yourself. Sometimes I don't feel like waking up in the morning and running my business. I'll, I'll be very honest with you. Why? Because I think, well, you know, the business has actually made enough money for me. Right now, the business has made enough money to keep me happy and keep me comfortable. But if I keep thinking about me, then I'm going to be stagnant because my needs are not infinite. I'm a very simple person. I'm, I'm low maintenance, honestly. All I need is make sure that my car's covered. I've got petrol in my car. I've got food in my fridge. and I've got roof over my head. I'm cool. I don't need, I don't need much. But when I'm thinking about the needs of other people, Maybe my mum needs some money with shopping. What will my wife need? What will my family need? What will my community need? What will my church need? How can I start to support and provide for other people? All of a sudden, I don't stagnate. All of a sudden, I'm pushing myself beyond the limit. And, and to be honest, the needs of other people is really infinite. My needs are finite, but when I start to think about the needs of other people, there's an infinite number of people that you can support. And there's an infinite number of people that you want to support. There's community groups that you want to support. And if you start to attach the benefits of that task to other people, you then go beyond yourself and you start to go the extra mile. That's what it's all about. So think about what do I and other people stand to gain? The third question, so the third question that I always ask myself is, what is the long-term and the short-term consequences of me not completing this task? Oh, spun it on its head now, because if you look at the consequences of not completing this task in the short-term and the long-term, and you start to write that down. So if I don't complete this task, if I don't go on this course, I'm going to have to waste two hours later on to do it. That's the short-term consequences. Maybe that's going to cost you financially, or maybe that's going to cost you with valuable time with your with your children or with your friends, or maybe that's just going to raise your blood pressure because now you're going to have to be rushing and stressing or something like that. So it's not going to be good for your health. So that's the short term consequences. And then you look at the long term consequences, like over time, over months, over years. Now, maybe you're going to miss a whole place on this course completely and you're never going to be able to put this on your CV. Maybe this is like the last shot or the last opportunity. What you have to really do is exaggerate the long-term consequences because to be honest, you're probably going there anyway if you procrastinate. So I want you to exaggerate and make it painful, make it so painful that you can see it because 
what you're doing, you're playing mind games with your own brain. Your brain is throwing excuses at you not to do it. And then you're, you're playing tennis and you're serving it back to your brain saying, no, this is why we should do it. And then your brain says, yeah, but what about this? It's not going to be that deep. It's not going to be that. No, no, you can just do it later. Try, try tomorrow, try tomorrow. And then you're going to serve it back and say, right, this is the short-term consequences. And then your brain's going to serve it to you again. And then now you're going to hit them with the long-term consequences. And that's a very, very powerful one because the long-term consequences are so exaggerated that it's like, oh, that really hit a nerve. That really caught you out now because we don't want to go there. All of a sudden, you've minimized this big monster, this big scary monster that seems like it's, it's such a huge task. Now it seems like it's a small task in comparison to what you might miss out or how painful it could be in the future. You know, certain things that you procrastinate about, if you continue to do that, that could lead to you losing your house. That could lead to you losing your job. Sometimes if you keep procrastinating certain things, it can lead to you losing your relationships. It can definitely lead to you destroying your own character because now nobody wants to trust you on certain things. These are the long-term consequences. And this is the reality that a lot of you are actually facing right now. And it's because of the procrastination you did about five years ago that you thought, oh, just doing it tomorrow is not going to count. Doing it tomorrow, it's not going to mean anything. I could just push it off. I could keep doing it till tomorrow. It's not, it's not going to harm anyone. But now you're still suffering the consequences of it now. So play this game for yourself. I'd rather you mentally go long-term into the future and see the pain and exaggerate that pain than for you to actually enter there five years time in, in reality. I want you to go there in your mind and see the pain of it. So that's the third question. And the final question is, have you done this task on time and to the best of your ability? Have you done this task on time and to the best of your ability? Because guess what? Sometimes you get to the third question, you're like, all right, fine, let me go and do this task. And then slap, dash, bang, task is done. And you just walk away because you don't really want to do this task. But then you still haven't really done it. You've still procrastinated. Just because you've completed something, but you haven't done it properly, you still procrastinated. If you haven't done it properly, then you still procrastinate. I remember my mom always used to tell me to do stuff. And I'll be like, yeah, mom, I'll do it later. She's like, go and go and tidy your room or go and do the dishes. Yeah, yeah, I'm going to do it later. I'm going to do it later. And she'll keep getting on at me and on at me and on at me. So eventually I've just had enough. I'm angry. So I'm here. I'm going to do the dishes and I'm slamming plates and I've just smashed the plates all over the place and I've walked away. And I'm like, look, the dishes are done. Yeah, technically the dishes are done, but I haven't done it to the best of my ability. Or sometimes your boss might tell you to do something or a colleague might tell you to do something that you know you're supposed to be doing. Your teammate or your co-founder might tell you to do something that you know you're supposed to be doing. You should have had that done from last week. And now they're on your case, on they're on your case. You're like, all right, fine. I'm just going to quickly rustle up an email or just copy and paste something and then slap, bang, just submit it. It hasn't been done on time and it hasn't been done to the best of your ability. So it might as well not be done. Again, this is all about your character. You're damaging your character every single time you procrastinate in this way. And you, you're cheating yourself because you're saying, oh, well, technically I did do it. Now, has it been done on time and has it been done to the best of your ability? So those are the four key questions that you ask yourself, right? The four key questions that you ask yourself. So in summary, question one, what is great about this task? Question two, what do I and others stand to gain by completing this task? Question number three, what is the short-term and the long-term consequences of not completing this task? And question four, now that I've done this task, have I done it to the best of my ability and have I done it on time? If you can honestly answer those four questions and write it down, now you start to look at your goal from a completely different perspective. Now you've got the motivation and you've got the logic to counteract any emotions that you're feeling. Now you're thinking on a much more logical playing field and your feelings about the situation start to fade away because you know that you know, there's a bigger reward at hand by you doing it. And if you can do this and make it a habit, this is not going to be something you can easily do overnight. That's why I say write it down. Write it down and you'll realize that eventually you don't need to write it down because you, you're just remembering this and you and you the answers come to you so quickly. 
But what, what you're doing, you're actually beating that habit because some of you have probably spent like, I don't know, 10, 20 years of this procrastination habit. For you to break it, it's not going to happen overnight. So put this into practice and put it into practice from now. The thing, go back to look at the last thing that you procrastinated about and start to do it from now. Just in summary, I'm going to leave you with a true story, right? And the reason I started becoming so passionate about overcoming procrastination was because I remember when I was doing my GCSEs when I was about 15, 16 years old. And just before I did my GCSEs, there was a girl that I met who she got all straight A's, completely all straight A's, GCSEs. And my brother introduced me to her and he says, hey, this girl got all straight A's. I thought this girl must be an alien. Like, how can you get all straight A's? She was the first person that I ever met face to face that got all straight A's. It was impossible. I've never seen it done before. And I asked her, what is your secret? And she said, there's just one thing that she did. She's not special than everyone else. She just said that there's only one thing that she did. Every single time there was an assignment set, she did it right there on that day. She didn't wait for the deadline. She did it right there on that day. Whenever the teacher told her to go read a book, she read the book that day, finished it. She always started the assignments right there, right then. She went on to study at Cambridge and did all this amazing stuff. But I took that piece of advice and I haven't always been able or successful to apply it, but the principle is still there. And every single time I have applied it, it's worked wonders in my life. If you just get it done right there and, and then, while the, while the energy is still high, while the emotion is still there, while the while you still have the motivation, rather than saying, yeah, I'm going to get back to this, just get it out of the way. There's one less thing off your to-do list. Get it out of the way right there, right then. And then you're going to start to see that you're also making that a habit. And that becomes your reputation that, hey, every time we send something to her, she just gets it out of the way. She just gets it done. She's so efficient. She's so She's so quick. She's so amazing. Right. You're cleaning your plate as it comes along. And then all of a sudden it doesn't become such a big, huge, scary task that you've been putting off for weeks. So that's just some tips for you guys. I hope you've been blessed by this and I hope you can actually start to put this into practice. This is Revelations of an Entrepreneur. Remember, share this because there's loads of people that you work with who need to hear this. So I want you guys to share this with as many people as possible. Maybe you can just make it like a little subtle hint to them because you don't have to keep telling them that they're, they're inefficient or they just keep procrastination. Maybe you just want to make it like a little subtle hint to them. You don't want to keep telling them that, hey, you know, you're inefficient and you keep procrastinating and I don't want to work with you anymore. But, you know, just say, hey, why don't you listen to this little podcast about procrastination? I think you'll enjoy it. It's quite relevant for you. you no, know, just that's all you have to say. Send it to someone's email, share it on social media, tell a friend to tell a friend. If you've enjoyed this, apply it, first of all. And when people start asking you, hey, how did you learn this or why did you change? I want you to send them to this podcast and share it with as many people as possible. I wish you guys all the very, very best of success. Go out there, make it happen. This is Junior Ogunyemi. I'll see you on the next episode. Bye.